for years people have been trying to come up with all these cutesy dootsy little catchphrases trying to brand themselves as WWE superstars, as, as mainstream celebrities. And here's the point that nobody seems to get. Brock Lesnar doesn't need a catchphrase. The catchphrase regarding Brock Lesnar is the fact, the fact that Brock Lesnar since 2002, every single time he wants to, reigns as your champion. So when Brock Lesnar steps into the ring this Thursday at Super Showdown, by the very definition that Brock Lesnar is wrestling, it's special. But this Thursday is a hell of a lot more special than usual because the stakes have never been higher for a Brock Lesnar match. Why, you ask, if Ricochet somehow emerges victorious over Brock Lesnar, if, if Ricochet becomes the WWE Champion, then Ricochet goes on to main event WrestleMania and defend the WWE title against True McIntyre. If can go out the window when Brock Lesnar takes Ricochet to Suplex City, F5's Ricochet, one, two, three, and Brock Lesnar goes on to WrestleMania. That was awesome. This is not a prediction. This is a spoiler. At WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar is going to make Vince beat out of Drew McIntyre and be done with Drew McIntyre once and for all. And you will all then realize, then, now, and forever, your reigning, defending, undisputed WWE heavyweight champion of the world Barack Lesnar Lord Jesus it is you who wakes me up every day and I am forever grateful for your love this is why I pray. You let me touch so many people, and it's all for the good. I influenced so many children, I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get, because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, Take time out and pray. And ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work harder every day. And I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow, then what I have in my heart 
begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. I'm so tired of the suffering. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection, begging for direction, for my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me, because I am grateful, and I use it, and I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, my regret is only having one life to do it, instead of two. Amen. In the name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, please walk with us through the bad times as well as the good. May we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood. May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get a breakthrough, however long that it takes. May you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest. Because there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. That doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. You teach women to honor their men and men respect their ladies. But lately, so many of us have gone astray. Doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Please bring us back home, instill in us the word which is our backbone, which are children that act grown. There was so much that we were entitled to, yet we received so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes, give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise and our prayers sincere, our heads to the sky, you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed, amen and amen. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 194 of the Hoots Podcast. It's your boy, Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter, at the Hoots Podcast. I am on Instagram, at Josh Lopez 94, and the music page, at Josh Lopez Music. I'm your student game professional wrestling. We do this podcast every single week, free of charge, right here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, anywhere you get your podcast from. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast right now so you never miss an episode. Um, it's 3.23 on a Thursday afternoon, and I just finished uh, covering WWE Super Showdown. So this is my first time actually recording a podcast after covering the pay-per-view. So this should be uh, pretty interesting, and I won't waste as much time. Uh, in the beginning part, we're going to get right to the juggler and talk about what happened uh, in Riyadh today. Um, 
really quick, I just wanted to say uh, for those who are new listeners, I want to thank you for giving us an opportunity. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you get caught up with the flow and what this podcast represents. We are six episodes away from reaching 200. April 9th, 2019 will be the 200th episode of the Hoots Podcast. And I can't thank you enough for the um, love and support and dedication for those who listen to the show every single week. We just passed 125,000 listeners and downloads on Anchor the other day, which is pretty cool. I mean, we just went past 100 at the Royal Rumble, and the fact that we're already past 125, is it, it, it's really humbling, man. <laughs> it really is. And I can't thank you guys enough for the support. Um, I'm excited for the 200th episode. Uh, recently, you guys have been hearing the return of the, one of my favorite intros for the Who's Podcast, but uh, for the 200th one, I'm coming up with a new one. Um, actually, at the end of this week's podcast, you are going to listen to the new intro song for the podcast. I wanted to do that since this is a recap of a pay-per-view, and we got another pay-per-view to predict coming up on Saturday with AEW Revolution. So... Um, at the end of the podcast this week, you're going to hear the new intro song for the Who's Podcast, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So, um, besides that, you know, I've been, I've been really busy. It's been an odd week for me. Um, I went to a wake on Sunday, Monday. I worked at the tattoo shop at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, this thing's been a little out of loopy for me, so I've been trying my best to catch up with every single thing that's going on uh, and give you the best content that I could. So, again, thank you guys for the support. And speaking of support, if you guys want to send us a audio shout-out for the Who's Podcast celebrating 200 episodes in our four-year anniversary, uh, you can uh, send me an MP3 file to the Who's Podcast at gmail.com. It's pretty simple. Uh, you can, it could be 30 seconds or a minute long. doesn't matter the, the length of it. Um, if anybody wants to send a shout-out or congratulations for the 200th episode, you can. Uh, I encourage you guys to do so. And I, I, I encourage you to have some honest feedback, whether you like what we're doing here on the podcast or not. I want to get some honest feedback. So any feedback, positively or neg- negatively, is a good thing. So um, let's get this bad boy going. So before we get to... Uh, super showdown. I do. I do want to say that we will hit on this week in WWE. Uh, not really much of a recap from Raw SmackDown, but more like big picture topics as we get closer to WrestleMania. But also uh, in the Pro Wrestling Report uh, segment this week, we'll, I'll be uh, talking about the New Japan Cup um, NXT UK that I watched this morning. And um, NWA Power as well. And then, of course, we'll uh, wrap up the show with uh, predictions. Predictions for AEW Revolution, which is going to be taking place right here in Chicago, downtown at the Wind Trust Arena, right around Soldier Field. Um, it's, it should be a fun weekend. So, all the fun stuff out of the way, all the business stuff out of the way. Let's take a swig of water for the workman. Here we go. Now we can rock and roll. So I just finished watching Super Showdown. The show ended just about an hour ago as I'm talking to you right now. And um, Goldberg is your brand new Universal Champion. So I guess we should just hit 
the fire uh, strike when the iron's hot, right? Let's get let's get into this because there's a lot of uh, melting down and rage on social media. Shocker after a WWE pay per view, a lot of people are, are upset. They're angry. They don't know how to feel. Uh, a lot of people are triggered right now over the fact that Goldberg defeated the Fiend for the um, Universal Title. Uh, this couple minutes ago at Super Showdown. This is how I look at it. And I talked a little bit about this last week. You know, Bray won the title in Saudi Arabia last year against Seth Rollins. And it wasn't something that was, like, game-changing. I, you knew that Bray Wyatt was, like, getting popular. And then during that time... He was becoming more of like the hottest thing in wrestling. But was it ever something where you felt like The Fiend was a needle mover? A guy that was changing the industry? Like anything like that? Like I remember uh, recording a Hooded Lopez show right after uh, The Fiend uh, won the title. And me and Hoodie were talking about it. It's like in, in reality, The Fiend never needed a championship. Now, I'm bringing this up not to defend Bill Goldberg or anything like that because I don't think he needs a title right now in 2020. But, you know, you deal with the pairings that you get into these scenarios sometimes. And, um, again, you know, at this time last year, everybody was like, oh, how dare Vince McMahon hold Kofi Kingston back during uh, Black History Month? And then Kofi actually ended up uh, winning and getting the title opportunity at WrestleMania. It's a process. I'm not coming on here and telling you that I'm happy, upset, or I'm done with WWE. I really don't know how to react right now. That's why I'm kind of like, well, I'm not taking it back, but I'm just trying to process what I just saw about an hour ago. And not what I saw in the ring. I'm trying to process the reaction to this decision because when you look at the match and just just everything going into it on paper, uh, Goldberg's uh, motivation for having the match, the way Bray Wyatt conducts himself on TV, like I saw what was going to happen. The result didn't surprise me. the The time of the match didn't surprise me. Goldberg winning the championship did surprise me. But the reaction and the instant, oh, the Fiends buried. And this is another example that WWE doesn't listen to their audience and this and that. But if here's my question to that. Was Bray moving the needle? Now, this is not saying that Goldberg moves the needle. But we're talking about business, right? So... If Bray winning the title was that important, it was going to be a game changer. Why did he win the title at Crown Jewel instead of winning the title at Survivor Series? Let me ask you that. Why why was this so important for Bray to walk into WrestleMania as the champion? I mean, besides the match he had with Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble, I haven't really heard that much buzz about The Fiend. I'm a Fiend fan. I love Bray Wyatt. I love the character. I love the Firefly Funhouse. I like what it represents. It's a, a fun character and a gimmick. And Bray has had some really good matches as a champion. But 
it's an, it's a thing like one way or another, whether Bray Wyatt's gonna fight John Cena, Roman Reigns, or Goldberg at WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt was not leaving Tampa as the WWE champion. So whether he was defending and losing the title the way he did uh, about an hour ago, or losing the match in a brawl with Roman Reigns, the guy was not winning the champion. The guy was not walking out of Tampa as the champion. And I, when Bray won the title at Crown Jewel, I I was uncertain on how long he was going to win the title. Not because that I think WWE doesn't value Bray Wyatt and what his character represents. I don't think his character needed a long title reign. You could be dominant. You could ha- you could be one of the top stars in the company. And when you have a character like that, you don't need championships. How many titles does the Undertaker have? Do you remember Undertaker epic long title reigns? We're in February, right? So we had November, December, January, February. So Bray Wyatt was the champion for four months. And supposedly he's buried out because he lost to Goldberg. That was a quintessential Goldberg match. Nothing about what happened, what I just saw about an hour ago. Nothing, none of it shocked me. But canceling WWE Network, people are changing their Twitter handles, yada yada yada. Rage quit. Let me let's pump up AEW because they got a pay per view coming up on Saturday. Some of the same typical shit you see all the time on Twitter. And I just don't get the reaction. Now, when this match was announced, I didn't have an emotional investment into it because I didn't think neither guy needed the title. It was a necessity. You know, Goldberg's an attraction for these shows in Saudi Arabia. And here we go. <laughs> so I, I don't think Bray's stock is boggled down for the fact that he lost the title to Goldberg because his stock didn't go up by winning the title in Saudi Arabia either. If Bray was that important, Bray would have main evented that pay-per-view. Bray probably should have main evented Survivor Series or originally win the title like I just mentioned five minutes ago. So my reaction or my take towards Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt and the backlash that's surrounding this match. I'll ask you, what were you expecting? Honestly, what were you expecting? Were you expecting uh, Bray Wyatt just draw some Sister Abigail one, two, three? And nothing? <laughs> um... I, I don't think Goldberg would take time out of his family and fly out to Saudi Arabia to have a squash match because we have nobody else for Bray Wyatt to be before WrestleMania. We got Elimination Chamber coming up in two weeks. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know if Goldberg's going to be wrestling on that pay-per-view or not. But I wouldn't be getting out of my skis right now over the fact that Goldberg's the Universal Champion. I... A, and I'll repeat it again for those who are just listening. I didn't believe from day one that Bray Wyatt needed the championship. So this is not me turning my back on the Fiend or defending Goldberg or whatever. I just didn't think neither of the guy needed the title. So whether it's Goldberg or Bray Wyatt walking into Tampa, neither of those guys are going to be champion. So 
let's see what happens before we get out of our skis and jump to conclusions and jump off bridges over a wrestling decision. There should be no reason why any of you are surprised or that upset over the fact that happened. It's business. It's business. Bray didn't move the needle business-wise after he won the title against Seth Rollins. That's just facts. That's just facts. If, that, if Bray was that much of a draw, we wouldn't still be talking about ratings and we wouldn't be talking about Bray defending the title and the mid-cards of these big shows. He didn't make events with Fire Series. He didn't even make events with War Rumble. So, I, that's just my thoughts on it. You know, I <laughs> it was a match I didn't need. Uh, Bray Wyatt didn't need the championship, but these are the cards we're dealt with. So, you want my instant thought on Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt and what we just saw Super Showdown? There you go. Now, it's not the only thing that happened on Super Showdown. I thought this pay-per-view or network special, whatever you want to call it, was pretty eventful to say the least. We saw the return of the GOAT. We saw The Undertaker return and cost AJ Styles the Tequate uh, Gauntlet Trophy. So I thought that was pretty cool. Always nice to see The Undertaker. Uh, my my favorite parts of the show today that I saw was the two tag team title matches. Uh, first off, the New Day match with John Morrison and The Miz was fantastic. Congratulations to John Morrison and The Miz on becoming your brand new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And also the Raw Tag Team title match with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy taking on the Street Profits. That was also a fun match as well. So I, I my favorite aspects of the matches that stood out to me uh, for the pay-per-view was the two tag title matches. And I thought for the most part, I thought the gauntlet match was fine. Uh, we got a nice little showcase for R-Truth since they were plugging the uh, R-Truth WWE 24 special, which is available right now on the WWE Network. I'll probably get to watch that later on tonight or this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. I want to see that because Truth is a legend. Uh, I said it before on this podcast. I think R-Truth will be a future Hall of Famer. So um, I'm, I'm excited to watch that documentary other things that stood out to me not title wise um you know Mansoor defeated Dolph Ziggler it was a competitive match just to pump up more of the credibility of Mansoor him being the first WWE Saudi Arabian wrestler so um yeah <laughs> we got two streaks that were going on we had the Undertaker streak and we had the uh Mansoor streak going on actually three streaks because Goldberg was there as well so uh, a hub for streaks, Saudi Arabia. There you go. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, we saw the conclusion of the Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin rivalry in the steel cage match uh, where Roman Reigns uh, put Corbin away with a steel chain Superman punch. Uh, I thought the match was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was an epic or a great cage match, but I thought the match was good. And it was a fitting conclusion to their rivalry. So we'll see what's next for the big dog. A lot of commercials and hype for John Cena's return to the WWE. And I'll be talking about that in just a couple minutes in this week in WWE. But um, yeah, big big victory for the big dog. And boy, the firework display that they have for uh, Super Showdown uh, was really, really on point. So that was pretty cool to see. And then... Uh, I don't want I don't want people to sleep on what happened in that women's title match with uh, Bailey and Naomi. I wanted Naomi to win because I'm not a fan of Bailey, whether she's a 
babyface or heel. Uh, I wanted Naomi to win, but the match was really, really good for the women. And uh, Bailey retained, and she's still your SmackDown Women's Champion. So, take one more swig of water real quick. So, looking back at it now, since the show's been over for an hour, um, I enjoyed most of what I saw from Super Showdown. It wasn't something that was groundbreaking or an event of the year, nor did I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought there's good elements where you could end certain feuds. Uh, we had, we did have a title change on the show. We had two of them. You know, you, you got to see the return of the Undertaker. While feuds were ending with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, maybe, maybe the feud with AJ Styles and Undertaker is just starting. So. I like that element. Uh, I thought there was a couple good title matches, like I mentioned with the tag title matches. So I thought the show was newsworthy for it being a show in Saudi Arabia, and everybody likes to dump their nose at it. By the way, <laughs> I find myself getting ready to talk about something else, and then something a light bulb just hits me while I'm talking at the same time. So I just mentioned that, right? Uh, you know, not a lot of people. A lot of people go on Twitter and say like. Oh, I'm not going to cover this event. I'm not going to talk about uh, the Saudi Arabia shows. Um, I like to call some people out on their bullshit. Because <laughs> uh, for everybody on Twitter, and I have accounts that act like they don't want to follow what's going on with WWE and uh, the Saudi Arabia shows. They sure as hell like to talk about it on Twitter. So, uh, I, I don't know why we're talking about both sides of our mouths. So... <laughs> I just found that very interesting. So, overall, you know, it's a hot topic issue because people flock onto the the Fiend as if he's the best character in wrestling right now. And I love the Fiend. But um, I'm, I'm not taking it back or upset or anything over this reaction. I'm just kind of, like, dumbfounded. Because it's like, these are the same people. They're like, oh, I'm not going to care. Ooh, who cares about the Saudi Arabia show? But this decision made you care. This decision of Bray Wyatt losing the title got you to the point where you want to go on the fucking hissy fit on Twitter, change your Twitter handles, cancel your network subscriptions, and say for the 500th millionth time that you're going to stop watching WWE. So, (laughs) I don't know what you want me to tell you, folks. I don't know what you want me to tell you. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on Super Showdown. Let's talk about this week in WWE. More big picture topics for the uh, listening audience out there. There's been a lot of pop, a lot of pomp and circumstance, and a lot of really cool uh, video packages hyping up the return of John Cena tomorrow night in Boston for SmackDown on Fox. And I'm really excited for those who haven't watched any of the Ruthless Aggression docu series episodes right now on the network. You guys are truly Missing out. And I think so far, my favorite episode of the Ruthless Aggression series has been the John Cena episode. Um, I'm in a very interesting part of my life because I saw the beginning of John Cena's career. Uh, I was there in Chicago when he made his debut against Kurt Angle. I was eight years old. And here we are in 2020. And... John Cena is now a big star in Hollywood. He's going to be in the, in the new Fast and the Fierce movie coming out in the summer. 
guys in multiple movies. You always see him on the Today Show and all these other media events. And John Cena's a big-time star now. And we're getting more and more closer towards the end of John Cena's wrestling career. And I think it's a very interesting time, especially for somebody like me who's seen John Cena wrestle from the beginning. Kind of like the same thing with Randy Orton and Batista and all these guys. Batista... Um, Retired at WrestleMania 35 last year. Think about that. So I'm very curious to see what John has to say. I really am. Because what is his motive for being back? What does he want? Does he want to be a 17-time champion? Does he have a score to settle with somebody? Is there a dream match that he wants to have? Like, nothing's been said so, and I think that's kind of a good thing when it comes to John Cena because you can hear all the speculation and rumors and all of this that John Cena's going to fight Goldberg. John Cena's going to fight The Fiend. John Cena's going to fight Roman Reigns. That's the fun part about television. You, we could uh, speculate and have hearsay and rumor and innuendo, but what really matters is what you see on television. There wasn't a guaranteed thing that... The Fiend was just automatically going to be the champion by the time at WrestleMania. That's the part of the WrestleMania season. Um, we always ask for unpredictability. And here you go. Nobody saw. Nobody thought about a month ago that Goldberg would come in and just become the champion. I didn't. He, I didn't hear anything in in the winter about Goldberg uh, participating at WrestleMania. Here we are now, and Goldberg is the champion. Who knows if he makes it to <laughs> uh, Tampa as a champion? You don't know. You don't know. And I think that's a very interesting element going into this John Cena promo that we'll probably hear tomorrow night on Fox. What do you want to see from John Cena? That's what I want to know for those who are listening. Respond to me on the video on YouTube or on Twitter at the Who's Podcast for those who are listening. What do you want to see from John Cena? What What are you expecting to hear from him? What, what do you want him to say? I'm I'm very curious because this should be a big moment. Uh, he's in his hometown. Uh, it's going to be a, a hot environment. You get, you'll get the John Cena suck chance if you hear this song. Uh, he had a tweet out earlier today where he's like, hat, check, <laughs> jean jorts, uh, check. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you guys, I'm very excited to see John Cena tomorrow night on Fox, and it should be a pretty special moment. So uh, we'll see what happens when we hear from the Doctor uh, Doctor of Thugonomics and the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion. We are about f- six weeks away from WrestleMania, and we got Elimination Chamber coming up in Philly about a week from this Sunday, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's March 8th, so, um, yeah, we got WrestleMania coming up soon, and we got a couple matches announced already for the Elimination Chamber, like, we know that we're going to have the Women's uh, Elimination Chamber match where the winner will fight Becky Lynch at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship, and then we also saw um, the announcement of Charlotte fighting uh, Bianca Belair. No, we, we saw the announcement of Charlotte fighting Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania for the NXT Women's Championship. The first time that NXT will have one of their titles defended on a WrestleMania show. So that's going to be awesome. So, uh, 
These next couple weeks of toughness should be interesting because we got to pump up the Elimination Chamber. I'm sure we'll get some match announcements for that event tomorrow night as I'm recording this on a Thursday. And uh, when you look at WrestleMania right now, a couple weeks ago, I kind of gave out a card of matches that I think we'll see at WrestleMania. And most of them are coming through fruition. Originally, I had AJ Styles fighting Triple H. But now it looks like AJ Styles fighting The Undertaker. So, either way, that's, that works for me. <laughs> we still got to figure out what's going on with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I think they'll probably have some type of stipulation match at WrestleMania. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it's a Hell in a Cell match or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what goes down there. Who knows? Maybe Rollins and Murphy defender titles in a tag match. Here's the thing. <laughs> going back to what I mentioned with Goldberg. Who says that Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy are going to walk into WrestleMania as tag team champions? We don't know. I don't know. Are you going to tell me Dave Meltzer knows? Because <laughs> that dude says plans change every other day. Like, I, there's nothing that you could say. You could. There's nothing you could uh, take for Dave Meltzer at face value. You know what I mean? Or Brian Alvarez. They both talk out of their ass, and most of the time they're wrong. So. <laughs> Um, besides that, I mean, some other things that happened on SmackDown and Raw this week, uh, that stood out to me. I thought I really enjoyed the stuff with Randy Orton and Kevin Owens. I thought that was great. Uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza had a really good match. Uh, we had the Women's Elimination Chamber match, uh, contract signing segment. By the way, can we stop having the king near uh, be the moderator for all these contract signings, please? I'd rather listen to Byron Saxon than Jerry Lawler. <laughs> There's a drop right there. Ask anybody in the world that ever ask. A... <laughs> Think about that. Would anybody ever say that they'd rather hear Byron Saxon than Jerry the King Lawler? If that doesn't tell you that I'm done with listening to Jerry Lawler, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, the, the woman's contract signing, and yes, I get it, it's predictable. There's not big-name stars in this Elimination Chamber match, but I wouldn't thump my nose at this Elimination Chamber match either because I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, you got Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. They got their feud going on. We got Asuka, who's one of the best performers in the world. We got Natalia. Uh, getting her to showcase some aggression. Speaking of aggression, you got Sarah Logan in the match as well. And you got the wild card in Sheena Baszler. So uh, I think the ladies are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And this is a big opportunity. So obviously it looks like Becky Lynch will fight Sheena Baszler at WrestleMania. But just because something's predictable doesn't mean a match is going to be bad, you know? And that's the thing I don't understand sometimes with reactions. Okay, you didn't get the result you want. That doesn't mean a show's bad or a match is bad. You know, stuff happens. So, um, let me see if I can find anything else that intrigued me this week on television. Just one second. Pull this up on my website, if you will. They were in Winnipeg this week for Monday Night Raw, and that was the first time that Raw was in Winnipeg for 15 years. Think about that. 15 years 
since um, WWE was in Winnipeg for a t- TV show. That's insane. Um, I thought Paul Heyman's promo on Raw this week was just excellent. I mean, what pro what Paul what Paul Heyman promo is not excellent, you know? <laughs> uh, but you guys heard it in the beginning of the podcast this week. The guy's just fantastic. Everything comes out of his mouth is just elegant, elegant. And here's the thing: it always pops me when somebody uses a line that I usually use on my show. Because, like, I always say, if my mother had balls, she'd be my father. She doesn't. <laughs> Paul Heyman said basically the same thing: if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. She doesn't, so she's not. So uh, I I got a good kick out of that when I heard Paul Heyman say that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, we had Drew McIntyre having an interview with Charlie Caruso. Uh, let me see if I could play a little bit of that for you guys as we're talking right now. Just give me one second to pull this up. Brock Lesnar and his advocate Paul Heyman expressed supreme confidence that Brock will be successful in his title defense against Ricochet this Thursday at Super Showdown. But even so, who would you rather face at WrestleMania? I don't care. It is absolutely irrelevant to me. All that matters is I am main event WrestleMania. I'm fighting for the WWE title. This has been 19 long years and quite frankly, something that was promised to me a long time ago and it never materialized is now a reality. You say never materialized. Expand on that. Let's go back. 13 years ago, I debuted with WWE. I was 21 years old at the time, and not long after that, Mr. McMahon himself proclaimed me as the chosen one, the future of the company. actually said, this gentleman is going to be a future world champion. Guess how many titles I've won since then? How many world titles? Yeah, big zero. As hard as it is to admit... There's only one person I can blame for that, and that's me. I look back, and I lost passion at the time for WWE. I was in my own head. I was a liability, quite frankly, at times, and inevitably, I got fired. Deservedly so. Did you think you would ever return to WWE? No. But during that period where I was fired initially, I was, I'm not saying this much publicly, I was very angry was very bitter and I carried a very big chip on my shoulder and I was fueled by that anger. Eventually, when things were going pretty well, I was able to look myself in the mirror and say, there's only one person I could blame, it's that guy in the mirror. And that big chip came off my shoulder and it was that day I realized I have to get back to WWE because in the end, I'll be damned if the world's going to remember Drew McIntyre as an idiot playing air guitar. Well, now, nearly two years back into your return, just last month, the Men's Royal Rumble match. You know, you heard Destiny calling your name once again. So it was loud. You saw Brock Lesnar tearing through each and every competitor, knowing your entry into that match was coming right up. So what was going through your mind in those few moments? I have to eliminate Brock Lesnar. I have to win the Royal Rumble. I walked down to that ring with purpose. I claymored him in his face, knocked his teeth down his throat, knocked him out of that ring, and I eliminated Brock Lesnar. And I could tell by the look in his eyes, he knew I wasn't like everybody else around here. But when it comes down to it, I don't care who I fight WrestleMania. It can be Brock, it can be Ricochet, it can be literally anybody. As long as I'm in that main event, I'm fighting for the WWE title. And finally, Drew McIntyre fulfills his destiny. There you go. So 
some good comps there with Drew McIntyre and the lovely and sexy, and I'm going to say sexy because she is, in every definition of the world, this girl's fucking hot, Charlie Caruso. Let's give a round of applause for Charlie Caruso, by the way. There you go. All right, folks, let's get into this week. Uh, uh, this week's segment of the Pro Wrestling Report. We are going to start off with a little recap and getting some audio here from NWA Power. If you guys haven't been keeping up with NWA Power, I totally recommend it with you guys because it's one of my favorite non-WWE brands in wrestling right now. I think for me personally, I enjoy NWA a lot more than I enjoy AEW. <laughs> and it's funny how a one-hour show, you get more people over and tell and have tell good stories and have good matches in the show than a two-hour show where it's a spot fest palooza and a couple promos here and there. So let's start off with Aaron Stevens getting interviewed by the one and only Joe Galley. Check this one out. How do you do this? You know, before we get started, can I just, just take a second? Honestly, as, as wrestling fans, how good am I? Seriously. How good am I? I'm, I'm going to cut you off right there. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You've only had two title defenses. Successful title defenses. Because you chickened out and went running. No. No. Yes. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. I was sitting right over there. No. And I saw it each and every time. No. When things went tough, you went hightailing. No. You left your sensei high and dry. No. This crowd saw it. No. I saw it. No. We all know it. a fighter yes you're a master of martial arts this is the largest third degree black belt in the world and that's all i'm gonna say about that congratulations thank you hold on don't you want to be considered a fighting champion i am a fighting champion you don't get the Third degree NWA national title by not fighting. The fact is, Scott Steiner tried to take this belt away from me and could not do it. Trevor Murdoch tried to take this belt away from me and could not do it. Now, as much as we would all like to have me out here for the whole show and talk about me, you need to do your job as a reporter and talk about the man who trained me, my sensei, the question mark. So we got Aaron Stevens. Um, you know, he he's probably the biggest villain right now. Uh, that's not like the world champion, uh, and that's not to discredit Aaron Stevens and his uh, third degree uh, national championship. And I did get that right. It's the NWA third degree national champion. Um, <laughs> Aaron Stevens, fantastic. I love listening to that guy. He's hilarious. Um, so you heard comments there from Aaron Stevens. Um, other things that stood out to me, I thought uh, the triple threat match with Zicky Dice, Matt Cross, and Ricky Starks was really good. We start off the show with Dave Marquez interviewing uh, Tim Storm. Tim Storm is like the big, he's the fan favorite in NWA right now. 
uh, a guy who's almost at the crux of the twilight of his wrestling career. And uh, a lot of people from his past could not been getting in his way because Tim Storm still wants to get another shot at the 10 pounds of gold. So the storylines and the way they're building up the Tim Storm character is just on point. And the, the main cog in NWA is strictly business. So you have Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer, who used to be the tag team champions. Uh, they, they're they kind of like the henchmen for Nick Aldis, who is the world's champion and the national treasure and the real world's champion. Yes, sir. I said that correctly. The real world champion. You want to know what a champion looks like? It's Nick Aldis. Think about that. So... Speaking of Nick Aldis, Nick Aldis got interviewed by the one and only Sean Booney. Let's hear what let's hear what, what the real world champion has to say. Here you go. And boom. You know, Nick, you've already accomplished so much here in the NWA. Uh, recently, you and Royce Isaacs took care of the Rock and Roll Express. Nick Aldis, the national treasure and the real world champion, 
laid down the gauntlet for Marty Scroll. Obviously, Marty would not accept that offer. We got this big brouhaha brawl with uh, Villain Enterprises and Strictly Business. So, uh, things are heating up. We got the 2020 Crockett Cup coming up in April at the Gateway Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, big time event for the NWA. I can't wait to cover this event. Uh, Nick this against Marty Skrull for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. The 10 pounds of gold, if you will. And, uh, boy, how, how can you go wrong with NWA? And, by the way, speaking of going wrong, how can you not go wrong with Melina? Mama Mia. She didn't really wrestle much this week. Uh, she was playing mind games with Thunder Rosa, so she got herself intentionally counted out. But after the match, uh, Allison K was running after Melina. And then Camille, out of nowhere, Spears, um, Spears K... Uh, to close the show, so uh, looks like Camille might be getting herself into some in-ring action finally, which should be good, because I know Camille wrestles, i just never seen her wrestle before, you know? Th- that's the thing, I- I'd never seen um, i never seen Camille wrestle before, I know she wrestles, I just haven't seen it before. <laughs> I just got a question from my buddy, the snowman, um, Brian Snow from the Arena Sports Network and Snowman in the Morning. Make sure you go check out his show. Uh, his question is, will WrestleMania ever grace Atlanta, Georgia? And here it goes. I don't know. Because the last WrestleMania there was WrestleMania 27. And... That one was in the Georgia Dome. The new stadium they had in uh, for Atlanta for the Super Bowl, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, not the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Hogan. Um, <laughs> the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a beauty. I, I I can see it. I just don't know when. That's what I'm trying to figure out because they got the they got a show in L.A. You would think that they would try to have a WrestleMania in Minnesota with the wrestling history in Minnesota and the um, the history of Minnesota and also U.S. Bank Stadium out there for the home for the Vikings. It's a beautiful stadium. So I could say anywhere from five to six years, um, I could see that happening. Or maybe three or four years. Who knows? We still got to probably sneak in a WrestleMania in the, in the, uh, <laughs> the Death Star or wherever the hell they're building in Las Vegas right now for the Raiders. That place looks fucking awesome, by the way. If anybody hasn't uh, watched any of the videos for this new stadium that they're building for the Raiders, it's fucking dope. I'm happy for my brother Adam. He's, like, the biggest Raider fan I know. And I hope he gets to go out to Vegas and watch the game out there. Because that place looks fucking sweet, man. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I'm kind of like a geek for stadiums. And I'm kind of hoping, I, sometimes I get envious of seeing these new stands because we got this fucking UFO ship with Roman, Roman Collins downtown called Soldier Field. It's not the actual Soldier Field that it was back in the day. And I don't know. I'm tired. I'm, I'm like, I'm done with the Jimmy Neutron ship. Can we like, can we advance the stadium and the presentation of the Chicago Bears like, I know we revamped House Hall recently, and I think that's awesome. But can we, like, revamp the, um... <laughs> can we revamp Soldier Field? 
that's Joshi's outside the Chicago sports bubble thought of the week right there, by the way. This for those who are wondering. I'll, I'll have a new segment for that next week. Uh, that was a lot of fun doing that last week. I just had a lot of random sports talk. I need random sports thoughts I needed to get off my chest. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Let me tweet this out really quick before we get to the end of the show. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm really surprised. I thought honest. I thought honestly that uh, there there wasn't as much um, emotional. I, I really thought that people really didn't mostly care that much. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think I was wrong on that one. Uh, before we get to the last thing, I do want to mention about the New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup uh, recently ended up, uh, the New Japan announced that they're canceling some of the first couple of shows for the um, the tournament because of this big coronavirus that's spreading around the country. I guess it's affecting more people in Japan than it is domestically here in the United States. Um so they canceled like a big slew of events. So it's kind of throwing off New Japan, uh, New, New Japan's schedule, and that's unfortunate because I was really getting excited for these New Japan Cup matches. Uh, they announced the brackets. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I got a reference sheet right there as far as who's participating and what matches you can see for each particular show. There's going to be 13 shows. For the New Japan Cup this year. And I think that's absolutely insane. So. <laughs> um, so here we go. Here's the playing field. Of what we got here so far. For the New Japan Cup. Uh, we have Makabe against Jeff Cobb. Ishii against Toa Hanare. Toriano against Chase Owens. Bad Luck Fale against Kokabana. Jay White against Okada. Nagata against Suzuki. Juice Robson. Alex Coughlin. David Finley and Tongaloa. I'm kind of surprised that Tama Tonga is not in this tournament, by the way. You could you could drug Edzo ass. Could have brought Enzo to New Japan just get the match out of the way. <laughs> Everybody wants to see Tama Tonga versus Enzo. Let's get the match out of the way. Um, Hiroki Goto. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi on the other side of the bracket. Uh, Kojima against Evil. Carl Fredericks against Kanta. Yoshi Hashi against Hiroshi Tenzan, Shingo, Will Ospreay, Mikey Nichols, Sonata, Kota Ibushi, and Zack Sabre Jr., and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Taichi. So I say the B side, the right-hand side of the bracket is very interesting in my point of view because you got a lot of big-time hitting matches like Evil and Kojima. That's going to be insane. Uh, I think Carl Fentricks has a chance to, uh, to break out in this tournament. Not that he's going to win any of the matches, but to have the opportunity to fight somebody like Kenta on this stage is a big deal. And then you got, what can you say about Will Ospreay and Shingo? I mean, did you guys see the best of the Super Juniors match they had last year? Holy shit, man. <laughs> that match is going to be a freaking bar burner. And then you got... Mikey Nichols against Nada, that should be fun. Abushi against Zack Sabre Jr., they never had bad matches. And then Hiroshi Tanahashi and Taichi, I think that should be an interesting matchup. Of course, it's more strong style and more what you regularly see in New Japan on the, on the A side. You got Suzuki and Nagata, two legends, could beat the shit out of each other. Uh, we got uh, Colt Cabana and Yano, so we got some shenanigans. And then you get, you get your strong style matches. You got Ishii and... 
uh, Hanari. That's going to be a lot of forearms. <laughs> and then you got Makabe and Jeff Cobb on the side, too. And then I, I don't want people to sleep on the Okada J. White match because those. Think about that. A match that main evented the G1 Supercard last year is in the first round of the New Japan Cup in 2020. That's how loaded this car, this tournament is. So, I say be in tune with New Japan on Twitter and see when they announce the updated dates when they act, when they actually start the New Japan Cup. And I'm excited to cover that. I'll have the transcripts for all 13 shows on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And that's pretty much it for the Pro Wrestling Report. I do want to mention that I thought the Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, um, I Quit match from NXT UK this week was really, really good. You guys should go check out that match. Kaylee Ray is a fucking beast. And then finally, as we get ready to wrap up the show, uh, I won't talk about NXT this week because I just got so much stuff I got to get into. So I want to come on here and make these predictions really quick for um, AEW Revolution. You guys want my thoughts on the Monday Night Wars? Please go check out Hooded Lopez on TWT. Okay, guys? So here we go. Let's make some predictions for this pay-per-view coming up on Saturday. Before we do that, let's hear an interview that Jim Ross did with Hangman Page... Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And uh, this Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, on pay-per-view exclusively in Chicago, downtown, any bigger than that, uh, the tag team titles will be decided. Chance, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, the challengers, the Young Bucks. And guys, could you imagine a year ago, we first, all you guys converged here to AEW, that this a year later would be the scene. This is the last thing I thought I would have seen. I, I never would have imagined these two being the tag team champions. Oh, God, no, you wouldn't. I mean, hey, they're great singles wrestlers, but I would be lying if I didn't say, Jim, that when I thought about the greatest tag teams in the world, I thought about maybe maybe it would be us at the top of the mountain. And uh, But, hey, I'm proud of these guys. are my best friends, and I applaud them. I believed, I still believe, no offense, fellas. You're the best tag team in the world. Why haven't you been the tag team champions before now? That's that's a hard uh, question to answer. Um, Place and time. Like we, we, we stumbled upon something incredible, and we were just at the right place at the right time. These, these guys are, are the best. They always will be the best. They inspire me. And, like, every time I step through those ropes with Paige, I, I, I sort of, in a way, I picture myself as like, hey, this is our chance to kind of be like the Young Bucks, to show people that we can be a top-class tag team. And, it's and you guys are doing it. Right. You are a top-class right. tag team. Right. Right. And, you and you're right, yeah, all this was just a big accident, really. No, I mean... And it, no, nothing I mean, was, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> the, the way I'm... Okay, it's not... It wasn't an accident. The way we, we came from the ground up as a tag team together, and we earned it. You got to admit, it was really situational. Adam, why are you uncomfortable right now? Why am I what? Uncomfortable right now. You're fishing in your seat, and you're... you're Did you're, you have to bring a drink to the interview, like, by the way? I know we've... I didn't want to bring it up. I just... I'm just... I'm just sitting here... I'm not uncomfortable. I'm just sitting here doing my interview just like you guys. I don't see what the It just appeared, appeared is, that so. way. No problem. At the end of the day, we, we just care about you. No match on the card has competitors in it that know each other as well as you guys do. 
So my question to you is, how do you prepare for a team, and how do you prepare to win the titles against two men that know every move you're going to make, or at least they think they do? Not only do they know every move, Jim, they know everything about me. They know my children, they know my wife. Uh, we've lived together. It's fair to say I see you guys more than my own family. Yeah. I love you guys. You guys are our best friends in the world. Not just the business, in this business, in the world. You guys are my best friends. But there's, Nick and I are two different people. Like, we're competitors and we're human beings. And when we get in that ring with you guys at Revolution on Saturday, you're going to see the competitive young bucks, the aggressive young bucks, the young bucks that want to win those because we're competitors. And for years, Jim has said it, we're the best tag team in the world. You guys aren't. We are. And I've lost enough sleep over it. Yeah, I mean, we're taking those. Yeah, yeah. It, this is it, it, it's all part. The, it's, yeah, it's all part of it. Really. At, the, at the end of it, though, we're gonna shake hands because this is the elite, baby. The, the elite is bigger than whoever's carrying those, right? We're gonna be friends at the end of it, no matter what, what. What's bigger than who's carrying these? What's the, bigger? The elite. The elite. The elite. Adam, the elite. Guys, did you, did you not listen to me months and months ago? I tried to walk out of the door. I tried to leave the elite, and you wouldn't even listen to me. After everything that. we did for you? Yes, after that. Walk yes, I couldn't door, just right? be a part of it anymore, After Matt. we brought you into hey, Bullet Club. We're family. After we put you on being the elite, made you a star, you're no, just going to walk out. You, you can't walk you out. You were just a jobber in Ring of Honor, and we brought you to the Bullet Club. What's this Looking chip on your shoulder anyway? Oh, the chip on the... No, the only thing that's on my shoulder is this tag team championships. That's the only thing that's been on my shoulder. And it's been the biggest accomplishment of my career, and the first chance you get you want to take it away from me it's, it's all part of the bit it's it's all part of the business it's all part of it but my glass is empty so i'm out Jeez. you're just gonna walk on the interview adam like yeah, that I, we yeah, got a match revolution saturday night in chicago it will be personal and it will be for championship gold and we hope to see you there my god pal we got the young bucks and we got hangman page in Kenny Omega, pal. That should be a great match. I'm 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 excited for this paper. As much as I don't drool and jizz over AEW Dynamite every single week like everybody else does. I am excited for this preview, not just because it's in Chicago. There's matches that I'm looking forward to, and I think it's gonna be a good event coming up this Saturday at the Wind Trust Arena. Uh the home of the DePaul Blue Demons, if you will. Uh, we got a couple of matches announced right here. So, time for some predictions. Yes! Make sure to look out for AEW social media if they announce any extra matches for the buy-in show. I'm pretty sure that'll happen. AEW Revolution live on pay-per-view coming up this Saturday night. And let's see what we have on the docket. First off, we're going to start off with... Pack uh, coming off his heels of the loss to Kenny Omega in the Iron Man match, which was really good on Dynamite this week. Pack will be taking on Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy will be having his very first singles match in All Elite Wrestling, and he will lose that match to Pack. But um, this will be my first match where I transcribe an Orange Cassidy match. It's not six man tag, so I'm. I know that Cassie does a lot of the similar moves that a lot of indie guys do with the topes and the. Uh, yeah, I know he has that no hands uh, tope suicida. So uh, this should be an interesting contest. So I'm going to go with Pack here, but uh, you should get you, you should get a nice outing from Orange Cassidy. Um, Darby Allen against Sammy Guevara. I think this would be a really good match. So I'm going with Darby Allen to defeat Sammy Guevara. 
Uh, I think Jake Hager beats Dustin Rhodes in a good match. Up. I think they've done a really good job hyping up that match with Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hager. And speaking of building up the the countdown show they had for Revolution right after Dynamite last night, I thought that was the best build that they did for this entire pay-per-view. Uh, so if you haven't seen that special, go check it out. It's only an hour long. Uh, Nyla Rose against Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. I got Nyla Rose retained over Chris Statlander, but I think that should be a pretty good match. Omega and Hangman Page against the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I got the Young Bucks defeating Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Um, if you, if what you just heard right there with, with JR in that interview, Hang, Hangman Page wants to do his own stuff. You know, whether he's the leader of the Dark Order or whatever the situation is, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are not going to be champions for long, so I, I got the Young Bucks in this match. Cody Rhodes against MJF. Um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I want MJF to win. I think it's kind of predictable looking at this match right now to say, oh, it's just simple. Cody's going to put away MJF, and that's it. I feel like there's something else that they want to build into this for double or nothing. So don't be surprised if MJF wins. I'm telling you right now. And actually, that's going to be my pick. I'm going with MJF to beat Cody Rhodes at um, AEW Revolution. And then finally, we got the main event. We got... John Moxley against Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. This one should be a Donnybrook, but I got John Moxley walking out of Chicago, defeating Le Champion, and becoming your brand new AEW World Champion. Dean Ambrose defeated Chris Jericho at Payback uh, 2016. He'll do the same thing to Jericho at the Wintrust Arena coming up on Saturday. So, should be a nice moment for Mr. Moxley. So coming up uh, on Saturday's AW Revolution. Hope you guys do enjoy the pay per view. Like I said, there's just a lot going on right now, so I really I, I don't have enough time to come out here and talk about the uh, Wednesday Night Wars. So I'll probably get into, back into that next week. Uh, if you want to get my thoughts, uh, please keep up with the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast feed, so you find out the next edition of Hooded Lopez, and I think we'll give you all the answers and questions you want as far as the Wednesday Night Wars is concerned on that particular podcast. So with that said, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode 194 of the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy Revolution coming up this weekend. Uh, if you have if you ever have any questions or you want to talk wrestling, you can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I'll follow you back. Um, also, I'm on Instagram at Josh Lopez 94 and at Josh Lopez Music. Make sure to follow me on there as well. Uh, BookmarkProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, if any of you want to send a special shout out for the 200th episode, please do send me an email, an uh, MP3 file to my email account at the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com and we'll air those on the 200th episode. And then finally, lastly, certainly not least, uh, just want to say again, Thank you guys for being you and the support. As always, make sure to subscribe on all your favorite podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And that's pretty much it. So with that said, one thing in a word of wisdom as I close out the podcast this week, never cave into other people's content.
Listen to that again. Never cave into other people's content. You live your life with a status quo mindset, you get status quo results. And I'm out. With that said, now it's time to reveal the brand new intro song of the Hoots Podcast. It's called Shepherd of Fire by Avenged Sevenfold. I think you guys are going to like it. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hoots Podcast, and I'll talk to you all next week.